welcome to One Star Bizarre. We review the movies critics hated, because maybe some are just underrated. Yes, however, not this week. Oh, no? Huh? No. So, generally, on our show, you've seen a lot of bad movies. Many, yes. And often we watch movies where either neither of us have seen it, or you have seen it, and I'm kind of the one giving fresh eyes and a fresh perspective. But not this week. This week, we're watching a film I have seen, and you have not. And, also, <laughs> generally, breaking all the rules here, generally, we try to find some good in these movies, you know? Like, I feel yeah. like we watch a lot of movies where they're, like, kind of borderline, you're like, is it really that bad? This week, we are watching possibly the worst movie I've ever seen. Wow. So... Okay. You just want to subject <laughs> me to it? Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, it's a one-star movie or <laughs> a zero-star. It's it's in our wheelhouse, is the point. Well, why don't you tell the people what movie it is? So this movie is Highlander 2, The Quickening. <laughs> and it is one of the worst films ever made. It has a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. Nobody thought this was an acceptable movie. However, it does have a 31% on Metacritic. Which is amazing to me. That's true. what percentage of Google users liked it, do you think? Probably a lot. Yeah, 62%. So here's the thing about this franchise, the Highlander. I... Hold on. Go ahead. Let me interrupt you for a second. First of all, I did not realize just how many movies are in this franchise? No, that's what I was going to say. And TV shows. It's so a, many. a TV show. Yeah. This is not... Like, this This is a successful franchise. And the only, like, not rotten one... Actually, the only not one star one is the original. Right, the first one. <laughs> which is a pretty decent movie. It's weird. It's dated. It's from the 80s. A lot of movies from the 80s, I think, don't really... Which... You did work. make me watch it after yes. we got married. So I You've have seen, seen the first one. Yes, a long I will say ago. I really don't remember much of it. Okay. There's... I would like to give oh, two minutes of backstory. Okay. Here. Give me the backstory. Okay, so the Highlander franchise. Essentially, among us humans, there are immortals. It's kind of like X-Men, except they don't have special powers. We're just They're just immortal. And... In the original movie, it, they were just immortal humans or something who maybe they didn't know they were immortal until they didn't die. I mean, <laughs> originally the character... Um, Do they age, though? Not really, no. So they're like ageless immortal. Or I mean, they like, get to the, where they're middle-aged. Wouldn't you get to be like 30 or 40 and be like, wait a minute. Well, so Sean Connery's character is like 60 and he's an immortal in the first movie. Okay. So, um, so Connor McCloud... Is that right? I gotta double check. It is Connor, right? I don't know who you're talking about. The main character. It doesn't matter what his name well, is. Well, no, it... Okay. It just... Yeah, okay. So, Connor McCloud finds out he's immortal when he doesn't die in the first movie. Sean Connery comes to him and is like, You're an immortal! I'm gonna train you! Blah, blah, blah. Skip to... Now we're in the 1980s. And, essentially, the, the gist of the... The way their system works is... The immortals have to kill each other, and they can only kill each other by chopping off each other's heads with their, 
I don't know, magical sword or something. I don't really remember. It doesn't matter. But So every Highlander gets their own special sword? Well, they're not all Highlanders. He's called the Highlander because he's from Scotland and oh, he's okay. an immortal. I see. Uh, Sean Connery's character, even though he actually is Scottish, <laughs> is actually from Spain. Okay. His name is anyway. So I'm excited to hear his accent because his accent work is notoriously terrible. I'm pretty sure it's just <laughs> Sean Connery's voice. So there's the Kurgan, played by Clancy Brown, who is the bad guy, and they kind of it's this you know they're both killing other immortals to work their way through this tournament ladder where they're fated to this face is still each the other. First movie? This is still the first one. Okay. <laughs> By the way, this is all from memory. This is just how I didn't research. I just know this these movies, which is sad because I don't even like these movies. I just like the idea of these movies. <laughs> Why are we watching no. it if you don't even like it? Because you're you're waiting to see if I like it. Yes, is that what I'm it is? waiting to see how you feel about this. Okay, this is one of those films where it sucked, and then they made a director's cut. Because they kind of wanted the the original story didn't make sense, and that happens a lot with bad movies, right? Like yeah. kind of on the edge bad movies, Alien Three, Waterworld. They've had oh let's put these scenes back in so that it kind of makes more sense. Uh huh. I'm really against that because it's like the only people that are ever gonna buy the director's cut or watch it or whatever are the people that already liked it in the first place, and so for other people it's like it's too late. Right. And in this case, we're watching this on Amazon Prime. Like, I'm not going to go out and buy the director's cut of this movie just so I can have you watch it and have it be 10% better than garbage. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, anyway, Highlander 2 The Quickening, very excited to see your thoughts. I've not seen this movie in, like, 20 years? <laughs> 15 years? But, uh, yeah. This movie was directed by Russell McCahey, written by Gregory Wyden, Brian Clemens, and Peter Bellwood, which, if previous movies have given us any indication, when multiple writers are credited, it's bad news for the story. <laughs> um, yeah. was released in theaters November 1st, 1991. Stars Christopher, is it Lambert or Lambert? Well, it's Lambert because he's French. Christopher Lambert, Sean Connery, uh, and then Virginia Madsen? Yes. And do we want to know what some critics had to say? Um, sure. I would just like to point out that these are all the same directors and writers as the first movie, which was moderately successful. Yes. So it's not like someone else came in and, you know... And butchered it. Yeah. They butchered it themselves? Yes, that's correct. <laughs> Let's see what some critics had to say. Kim Newman of Empire said, No plot, no real story, no point, really. <laughs> yeah, true. Juan Carlos Coto of the Miami Herald said, The plot gimmick not only makes the sequel unworthy of Highlander, it nearly destroys the charm of the original, which was its worldliness, the idea that these guys were chosen humans confusing oh it won't be <laughs> and then uncredited staff at variety said audiences unfamiliar with the first film will be hard put to follow the action as it incoherently hops about in time and space so 
I barely remember the first movie. I just gave you the 30-second so, recap. I forgot what you said. <laughs> okay, well, let's go ahead and watch this. Okay, there's one thing I wanted to point out okay. before we I'm ready. move on. This movie came out in 1991 with a budget of $34 million. That's many million. For 1991, that's a pretty decent-sized budget, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Here's some movies that had smaller budgets that came out Within a three or four year period on either side. Okay. Die Hard. Goodfellas. Speed. Lethal Weapon. All what we think of as prototypical, like, action, you know, blockbuster movies of that time. I feel like Goodfellas doesn't fit in there because there aren't, like, explosions. But there's famous actors. Well, whatever. The point is, okay. (laughs) There was set. My point is... Had a high budget. This movie definitely did not have no budget. This movie was expected to continue to kind of have that, you know, action blockbuster feel that the first one had. And we'll see how that turned out. I am so ready. So we have finished Highlander 2, The Quickening. And I don't know if I want to have my questions answered first. Or if I want to go into our, or maybe these questions will pop up as part of our review criteria. Sure. So first we need to talk about the acting. Because wow. Not great. Not great. First of all, Sean Connery is Scottish, but in this movie he plays a Spaniard. I think technically. still Scottish. I think technically yeah, I read yeah. that he was actually originally Egyptian. Oh, okay. Like so that makes that even old. less sense. I know, but for some reason his name is Spanish. Okay. And Christopher Lambert, who is French in real life, <laughs> yes. is Scottish, but they both keep their native accents. <laughs> yes. It makes no sense. And that aside, um, Sean Connery is just what he always does. He's just Sean Connery. Yes. Christopher Lambert is, he's, he's like a mystery. <laughs> like, I don't understand him, but when he's on the screen, I'm like transfixed. <laughs> is that good? I don't know. Okay. I don't know if it's good. And Virginia Madsen is like, why is she there? Like, she's useless? She's totally useless. I know. They get together romantically in a dirty alley after knowing each other for about three minutes three minutes <laughs> where she like watches him fight these flying porcupine twins <laughs> and it's like yes please what yeah she's totally like well i'm down let's go back to your place but they don't go back to her place they creepily place. kiss in the alley yeah, no they don't even and it's not kissing they're like going at it doing it in the alley <laughs> And then the next scene, cut to his house, and she's wearing a robe that he just has laying around for such occasions. And not to mention, until... Okay, we forgot about the part where when she meets him, before the porcupine twins come along, he's like 80. And then he kills the porcupine twins. Magically, he's like 30, and she's like, yes. (laughs) I saw you 85 seconds ago. Now that you're 30, I'm down. For the record, 
for some reason, it's not really well explained. No, it is not. But he's basically like Bill Gates, whatever, Steve Jobs. Oh, so you're saying Jeff she Bezos. was down he's when a, he was 80? He's a billionaire. <laughs> she was still into it as an old man. Apparently. Well. And one thing I will say is the. Okay, Michael Ironside, who I embarrassingly confused for Hugo Weaving. <laughs> Through a good portion of the movie. <laughs> but um, he was fine. Like an inexplicable rage villain. Yeah. And But I was kind of impressed with um, Dr. Cox from Scrubs. Really? I was not impressed at all. It's like, it, it he, vaguely reminded me of Eddie Red- Redmayne in Jupiter Ascending. Like he was being intentionally like, campy? If he... I, I felt like he got it was campy. I, okay. Whereas, I had to ask you multiple times, are they trying to be campy <laughs> or are they trying to be serious? Because I could not tell. Yes. And I think he was taking it as campy and everyone else was trying to be serious. Which just makes it seem worse to someone like me because I'm like, why is he being so terrible as an yeah. actor? Because he's not. Yeah. No, I think he, he got okay. it. Okay. So the sad thing is, before we move on, okay, the acting for as bad as it is is probably the one of the better elements of this movie, right? Or by that I mean yeah. it's one of the least bad elements of this movie. I, that is a fair assessment. Yes. Can I also say, before we get too far into this, uh-huh. I feel like it's almost a rite of passage that we are reviewing this movie. You know, like every. Everyone who looks at bad movies at some point kind of, this is like the Citizen Kane of bad movies or the Godfather of bad (laughs) movies. Like, you have to just recognize it and talk about it and then get it out of the way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like a rite of passage. Like, we are doing our duty as horrible film (laughs) watchers to examine this film and be like, wow, yeah. Yeah. And... We, now we know how low the bar can go. We thought the snowman was low. Oh <laughs> so, okay. I, we do need to talk about the story, which is going to be a brief discussion because there's very little of it. And yet, there's <laughs> so much that doesn't make sense about it. It does not make any sense. And my problem, which I think the reviewers touched on, the ones that we read, is that without the context of the first movie, you have no idea what is going on in this movie. But the problem is, even with watching the first movie, it still is weird and makes no sense because they retcon the entire first movie. And what's retconning again? So that stands for retroactive continuity, as in you basically retroactively change the continuity of your story so you change elements from the past. So in in the first movie, he win he kills all the other immortals, wins the prize, becomes like this weird godlike whatever who's gonna age peacefully and finally have his rest. And then they're like, no. Nah. Oh, and also he's human. Which, so this is the director's cut. 
that we watch because, because we apparently did not realize it was the director's, the director's cut. cut is the and it's called the Renegade version for anyone who cares, which I doubt anyone does. But, but it's just the version on Amazon. It is Prime. the only version you can that is available now. Oh, the original okay. thea- theatrical cut, like you can't buy it unless you find it on a VHS in a pawn shop, garage sale, or a garage sale. You're not okay. going to find the original. I version. bet it's on Laserdisc. I'm, Someone I, has the Laserdisc. My father, I guarantee you, owns it on Laserdisc. He probably owns <laughs> both versions. That's how I saw this movie originally, like, 20 years ago. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, the problem here is, or in the original version, I'm just going to say this. The original theatrical version, which was cobbled together by, who knows, Bean Counter producers that were like, oh, crap, we have to put something out to make our money back. And, like, every – the actors, the director, the writer, they all were like, I disown this movie. This is garbage. This is not my original vision. Uh-huh. They – in that original version, the Immortals were aliens from another planet who were banished to our world for crimes of whatever. And the idea is that if you win the prize, you can go back. So that's a retcon. They're like, oh, no, now they're aliens. And Which winning they don't the prize. Make clear. No, in the director's cut, they completely scrub all reference to them being from another planet. Oh, I see. So you're saying this version is different from its own version, not yes. even like different from the original movie. Yeah, correct. Okay. The director's cut. I see. They added in footage, and they there's really bad dubbing in this film. There is. Like there's yeah. times where the character is looking away from the camera out a window, and then they have like. You hear them talking, the voice of them talking, but you're like, if you look close, you're like, his mouth is not moving as he looks at, you know, peers longingly out this window. I confess, I was not looking that closely. Well, I, okay. (laughs) So, they scrub all reference, and instead they decide, oh no, it's more like a alternate history, they're from the past, which doesn't really actually bother me that much. Like, I just assume that's what... They yeah, were like, yeah, it's in the past. They're it's it's they almost forever. It's so like why a, wouldn't they be from a long time? It's like ago? an unknown alternate history that we don't know about. Much like how Middle Earth, if people don't realize, in Lord of the Rings, technically Middle Earth is supposed to be our planet. Yes, but like for some reason, millions of years ago, there were elves and orcs and goblins, and now they're not. Whatever, yeah. doesn't matter. They died out, man. It's fine. So I actually, that's not a super offensive part of the plot to me. They change all that. They they change, but then don't change the origin of the Immortals, whatever. The prob- the main problem is, in the first movie, and this is essentially a problem with, they didn't realize this would be a franchise, I think. You can't kill off characters and then make your guy basically win and then make a sequel where you're like, just kidding, this guy's not really dead, and also... No, but there's still other people, and he needs to keep on his never-ending quest. There's magic. Yes, there is. Which, in as in what we've seen so far, magic means there is no logic no, in anything. this story or anything. So, they're, they're just explaining that all the way with, oh, hey, it's magic. Uh, that's a large portion of it, I think. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so... So okay, let's... before we get into this, let me just give a 30-second recap of what is going on in this movie. 
So they're immortals. They've been sent to our time from another place. Connor McCloud has won the prize from the first movie, but it turns out that when other immortals show up from the other timeline, we're back to square one, and he now, no now longer has the prize. Again. He's young again. Yeah. He's back to, I have to compete in the Hunger Games of immortals here, and I'm equipped to do so. But at the same time, because this is 1991 and everyone was afraid the ozone layer at the time was going to completely be depleted and destroy the world. Also, we have this weird storyline where because he's so old and has become so rich that he decides, I need to encase the world in In this bubble bubble shield technology, which he and his scientist partner have invented. In order to save mankind from the horrible solar radiation that's going to destroy us because we don't have the ozone layer to protect us anymore. And that killed his wife. And now an evil corporation controls that shield, even though it's possible we don't need the shield anymore because maybe the ozone layer has magically fixed itself. And we can stop living under this horrible... You know, dark sky energy bubble out of a Stephen King (laughs) book, which I don't know. You're talking about Under the Dome. Dome. I don't know anything about what that is. That's essentially, and then Katana comes back from the other timeline, the bad guy. And he's like, oh, I don't, you know, you can come back to our time because you won the prize. And so I'm going to kill you before you can come back. And he doesn't want that for some reason. Which... What? Like, if he came back, if you're going to go to the future and kill him, then why don't you just let him come back to your time and kill him? Like, anyway, so that's the story that makes no sense. What are some questions that you would like to point out as a first-time viewer of this story? Well, I I feel like, in terms of the story itself, I feel like I can't criticize something that isn't there. Okay. There's, there's just, it's, it's not, it's nonsensical. There's no story is what you're saying. Okay. There is this, okay. Had they just made this a movie about. The time, the Immortals timeline thing? Yeah. That would have been fine. Had they just made it like a chain reaction. Right. Of this evil corporation. Of this evil corporation trying to do that. That's fine. But they've lazily like mushed them together and didn't explain either of them in a way that makes any sort of sense. I kind of had the same thought. This is basically two different movies mashed together in a way that doesn't make sense. Correct. In terms of my questions, you you did clarify with your explanation of the plot here. Um, There were things that I kind of want to talk about which I think fit better in questions three and four. Okay. But it's kind of like a hybrid okay. thing. So well, is okay. this movie engaging? Kind of. <laughs> like, I, I never found myself, like, reaching for my phone, but I found myself just being like, what is going on <laughs> here? Yes. I would disagree. I was... Kind of because you've seen this before. I was kind of bored through parts of it, and I was like, I wasn't like reaching for my phone, being like, "Hey, what's on Reddit right now?" But I was kind of like, you know, who's that actor in this movie? Or like, well, and then I was kind of wanting to 
answer questions about the Highlander canon. Yeah, you were my question Googler because I was like, what? Explain to me what is this is. Right. It just, it was very baffling. Here's the biggest, this is weirdly the biggest issue I have with this movie. Okay, and it's kind of weird because you're like, there's other, there's worse things to be critical about, but yeah. Why was Sean Connery in this movie? To not not the like, them. No, like, to be the sacrifice. He had to be lamb. the Deus Ex Machina. Like yes. we have to bring him back to you life. Had a problem with the Deus Ex Yetis, and now you have the Deus Ex Connery. <laughs> Deus, first of all, but <laughs> Deus Ex, Every... as in this movie drops a okay. deuce. <laughs> This movie, this movie is a deuce that's been dropped. So and first it's fitting. Of all, it is a deuce. Everybody I've ever heard talk about the Deus never Ex pronounces it Deus. Okay, well it's Latin. They per- yeah, well it's Deus. Anyway, everyone pronounces it Deus, and okay. this movie did drop a deuce on the <laughs> Highlander franchise. True. So it's appropriate. Okay, that's true. Okay, but continuing on in my point. Okay. <laughs> Like, oh, we cannot get through this <laughs> this without just laughing. Yes. My additional point here is that I want to talk about some of the action scenes in this movie. Okay. Because there were, they went on way too, okay. The sword fights were too slow. That's true. They could have sped them up. They could have done something to make them less obviously fake like it literally just looks like two people like practicing who didn't want to hurt each other right no versus like a real looking sword it did not have the excitement of sword fights that you've seen in later films like Like pirates Pirates of the caribbean Caribbean mask of zorro yes those had exciting sword fights this is like why maybe it's because they're using like claymores instead of fancy little instead of rapiers rapiers yeah um, but my other issue with the action scenes going on way too long is, so I want to talk about the flying chase scene with the porcupine twin. Yes. Where there, you brought up how it looks like that chase scene in Back to the Future Part 2. With the hoverboards. With the hoverboards. Except you can still see the wires. And this is the director's cut, so they couldn't edit it out. <laughs> and... It just goes on forever, just like back and forth no and back and forth, and it, they use the same shot multiple times. It's very dull. So there was a part, there was a point during that scene uh-huh. where the guy's swooping in on his hoverboard hang glider thing. Yeah. And McCloud is just waiting for him. And I think the perfect way to end that scene would have been right that first swoop. Do like an Indiana Jones where he's like, "Ha ha, I'm coming to get you," and McCloud's just like. Wah. There's your head. And that's done. Yeah. But instead, he swoops by, and they, like, clang swords, and then that happens, like, seven more times. So many sword clangs. And then finally, like, he pulls a, a wire across and cuts his Pops he- off his head. Which is weird, because <laughs> your head wouldn't pop off, I feel like, if it was that, you know, that situation. Like, it would just slice through, I would assume. I don't know. I'm not a Yeah. It's like head his head cutting. literally just fell off. Um, and then they kind of repeat this too long of a fight scene with, like, the elevator crash when they're, he's fighting Michael Ironside in, like, an abandoned warehouse. Yes. And there's this ridiculously long elevator shaft 
and the elevator is falling for some reason. And they keep, like, close up on Christopher Lambert, and this, like, he's, like, looking down and looking, like, shocked or something, and then they just do it, like, five times. Why? I must have been zoned out reading something when this happened, Why? because I was <laughs> not paying attention okay. for any and of that. And then my other inexplicable action scene is, so the bad guy, Michael Ironside, comes to this world, and hijacks a train full of passengers, including a very obvious, like, baby, and then makes the train go 700 units of power, which it cannot do, and the people, like, fly across the train and get the, oh, my skin is all, like, pushed back on my face because I'm going really fast. And just kills everybody on the train and then for the, no reason. And then the train crashes into a wall. It crashes. Like, I think, well, okay. So with some train stations, like after the last station, you do just, there is just a okay, wall. Okay, I guess. I was just like, why is that? That's not the ridiculous just, okay. part. <laughs> why is it just a wall? The rest of it is the ridiculous part. So there's that. And so somehow the action scenes are boring and hilariously inexplainable and yes. ridiculous. Yes. It's, I don't, I don't. Okay, I, so I you can can't. attest. There were many times in this movie that I just, like, could not stop laughing. You were, I, like, he, he did the same thing I did in All About <laughs> Steve, where, like, I knew something was coming and I just started laughing he did that too. He's just sitting there like giggling and I'm like, okay, what's about to happen? And, and it wasn't laughing. even stuff that was funny. It was it stuff was that was not. so bad it was ridiculous. On that note. Yes. Is this movie, does this movie get to the so bad it's good territory? It's, you know what? Okay. Because I read some reviews where they said it's the it's not even redeemable in that it's so bad it's good because it isn't actually good. I think it's almost there. It is very close to being there. Yeah, I feel like this movie could be that if you were in like a Rocky Horror uh-huh. kind of environment oh, yeah. where like everybody you're knows all watching it, everybody yeah. knows the lines, everybody like does something during the ridiculous parts. I can I can see it. Yeah. But it needs that, like, theatrical element to it. You're right. Just sitting in our living room by ourselves, we're just too baffled to understand what's happening. And people do that, too, with The Room now. Like, they, there are screenings of The Room, like there were for Rocky Horror. And they'll, you know, they'll all cheer at the screen during certain parts or yell right. things and yell the lines. And that's a great, like, community atmosphere. And it's so fun to go to those types of screenings. And I feel like this movie definitely could benefit from that type of environment. Um, But when you're watching it by yourself, you're just like, what? I don't, I can't. Like, what is even going on right now? Yeah. It's absurd. Okay. Um, I don't know how much more we can really say about the story or how engaging it is, but I do, I'm curious to ask you, because you chose this movie. Yes. Does this movie do anything well? I really don't know (laughs) okay maybe the thing that it does well is spawn more sequels i mean amazingly 
this movie didn't kill the franchise because they made three more no. god awful movies, and and they kept getting worse. And what's crazy to me is so we did watch the Mummy Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, yes, which did kill a franchise, <laughs> and that is like a thousand times better than this movie. Yeah. So, even you, who chose this movie for us to watch... That's right. ...does not think there's anything good in it. I really can't think of anything that is redeeming <laughs> about this movie. No, okay, here's what I'll say. And the thing is, this is not unique to this movie. Okay. The concept is still cool. That is true. It definitely could have been... Like, if they reboot this franchise, which apparently there are rumors and possible developments in the works currently, because, of course, Hollywood has to reboot everything from the 80s, right? The director of John Wick is on record that he wants to reboot the Highlander franchise. And if you can imagine a John Wick film... Where somebody is going around killing everyone with a sword instead of shooting everyone with a gun. But it has the same level of, like, non-stop stuntman-turned-director-helmed action. I'm all in for that. Yeah. Right? As an outsider who essentially has no knowledge of this franchise. Who has vague recollections of the first movie, but not really. Very Do you see any redeeming value in this franchise, even? Let alone this film. Well, I I barely remember the first one. Right. Is this is this based on something, or is this no, like I think an it's, original? It's an original okay. idea. Then, as far as I know, I like the idea. Okay. <laughs> How well it was executed, I you know I can't say. Right. Here's the thing. Okay, I'll I say. Don't know. Okay, one thing that this movie tried to do that was interesting, that it did not work, but it tried, is it really was. You can see how this was an example of the zeitgeist of the kind of political cultural climate of the time, because when we were kids, the ozone issue that was a huge thing. That's like true. acid rain. The smog. And also income inequality and basically this giant evil corporation that only exists to just extort money from everyone because they're like, yeah, we could just remove the shield from over your country and then you could all die of radiation unless you know you want to pay up. Yeah. And so kind of it's weirdly critical of capitalism in the sense of, you know, evil rent-seeking corporations which I think has been an issue kind of over, you know, our it's, lifetime. I mean, that it's still relevant. Today. No, exactly. <laughs> and so that's my point. This is weirdly topical of yeah. the, its day, but it just failed horribly at putting any sort of coherent story behind its criticism. Yeah. It tried. It's like an illiterate <laughs> teenager trying to write an essay about a hot-button political wait, topic. Wait. This movie is Total Recall. I'm sorry, what? Okay, so in Total Recall, on Mars, you have the evil corporation controlling the air, 
and charging people for the air and mm. keeping the poor people down with the air. Right. And that's exactly what they're doing in this no, movie. No, that's the point. Sci-fi of the 80s was very concerned with the environment. And, told the and the future and how we were going to, you know, Came kill out everything. just a year before this. Yeah. No, it's it totally makes sense. Yeah. And as bad as Total Recall kind of... No, no. Okay, I'm not saying it's a bad movie. Okay, because I'm saying it is fresh. It has. Does it? Is it? It's 82 on Rotten Tomatoes okay. and a 57 on Metacritic. Okay, fine. As cheesy as it is, as a great example of like an 80s movie, as a very like dated film, I'll say that. Not bad. As a dated 80s cheesy action movie, it's still weirdly kind of good, right? It's weirdly like. Uh, like- in watching this It's good movie, sci-fi, I'll say that. It's critical of kind of what's going on, yeah. you know, in the society. So, and the thing that I will say is, if with some of these movies, or some of the movies we have watched in the past, outside of the podcast, I have regretted spending my time watching them. And while this movie did take us two days to watch, because <laughs> it was getting late, um, I don't wish I had not watched it. Like, it's not that bad. Really? Yeah. And it does, it does border on that territory of, okay, maybe it's so bad it's good. Like, there's definitely cheesy parts where you, like, laugh, even though you realize, no, they were being serious. Like, they thought this was cool. Um, but it was kind of fun to watch. Really? Kind of, yeah. Okay, so here's the Like, question. I'm not going to recommend people watch <clears throat> this in any way, shape, or form. Unless we can start... Rocky Horror slash The Room style midnight screenings of this movie. Okay. Find a way to do that. If we ever own our own theater, <laughs> we will have we will midnight find a way screening. To do it. We will rotate it into the room. But, yeah, do not watch this movie. I also want to mention, in terms of the story, I feel like it... So normally with a movie, you have, like, the climactic scene, but then there's more after that. Whereas this, it just this literally... Just ends like right yeah after because they're like can we be done now and the other issue i have with this which is a similar issue that i had with bird on a wire is that there's no resolution of the fact that virginia madsen is a terrorist yeah she's still a terrorist she's still a terrorist when the movie ends and like where were they up on mountains when they discovered that the shield like doesn't is it necessary like where did they go Somehow they went to a mountain high enough. But in America. But they drove there. From New York. From New York. Within 24 hours. They made it to a mountain high enough that it escapes the barrier of the energy bubble. Did they drive to Colorado? (laughs) Like that's... I don't know. (laughs) Okay, here's what I was going to ask. This movie... They made it there and back in 24 hours. This movie, like we've mentioned, kind of famously was botched together by producers, editors that just needed to cobble together something to release in theaters so they could make something back. Which is insane to me. Like, why didn't they just... Like, they made this director's cut eventually. Well, I I mean, it's called the Renegade version. I don't know how much approval there was or whatever. Kind of famously, a few years ago, there's another very terrible movie that suffered the exact same fate that the director... Went on social media and completely disowned it and said, this is not my vision at all. I wish I could present you guys what I wanted this movie to be. 
Do you know what movie I'm talking about? It's like tingling in my brain. You watched it in theaters. I've never seen it. I watched it in theaters. Yeah. And basically the Hollywood producer team and they brought in their editors and said, make, you know, something that we can release. It was very horrible. Critically panned. Fantastic Four. From about a few years ago, yeah. mm-hmm. with Miles Teller and that mo- the first uh, half of that movie is great. Okay, the first half is fine. So between these those two movies, this movie and Fantastic Four both went through kind of the same development hell process. Which one is a better movie? Um. See, the fact that you have to think about it. Is kind of telling the show how well, bad Fantastic Four was, where you're like, I don't it's, know. Well, okay. So, <laughs> Fantastic Four, like I said, the first half is fine. It just felt rushed at the end, but it looks fine. Like, it looks good. The acting is fine. The story is, like, rushed, but it's not absurd. This is complete and utter madness. Like... You can't, like, make sense of this. Right. So I would say Fantastic Four is okay. the better movie. Okay. You're probably right. I'm just curious because... And Fantastic Four has a higher rating on Ron Tomatoes. How about Alien 3? A similar thing happened. David Fincher was mad. He was like, I didn't want this. The studio made him change. They didn't take over. I like all the Alien movies. Okay, so Alien 3 definitely is the best example of this happening then. And this is the worst example of this happening, where, you know, yeah, the so producers meddle. I would, I would say we go Alien 3, Fantastic Four, this hunk of garbage. <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty of other examples of Hollywood movies where, Those are just know, the three we thought of. Those are the three right main now. ones. So, any final thoughts for the people on Highlander 2, The Quickening? Do not watch this movie. Do not. And if your husband or your partner or your friend is like, hey, let's sit down and watch this movie, be like, no. No, actually, I, re- I take it back. If you want to punk someone <laughs> and basically get off on enjoying forcing them to watch a movie that makes no sense, especially if you're going to trick them along the way and be like, no, no, don't worry. They'll explain it. They'll totally explain it. Like, just keep watching. <laughs> If you would enjoy a scenario like that, then definitely watch this movie. This is way too much of a qualifier (laughs) for this to work. This will never happen. Don't watch (laughs) it. Unless you can find a way to make it one of those campy midnight screening movies, and then we will come. Okay, I did have one last question. Is it at all possible to make this movie better? You mean like remake it better? Or, like, cut what they have and make it better. Either one. Okay. Yes. I think voiceovers could help. You th- okay, you think, with the footage they have, you think you could repackage this into a better movie? I think you could. Because okay. all the scenes in the past right. should be voiceovers. Okay. There, a narrator needs to explain. It's Christopher Lambert, like, reflecting on his, he has, like, these, like, flashbacks of his past. Uh-huh. Why can't he narrate that? You know, I almost if I if I had any talent and any passion, 
Like, if I was one of the random people on the internet that does amazing things with editing and video stuff, like, it would, it. it would almost be an amazing project if someone could take what footage there is and with voiceover and with, like, modern special effects or something, like, actually make a somewhat sensible movie even, out of this. Oh my gosh, you know what would be even better? So the travel scenes that make no sense, mm-hmm. do that cheesy Indiana Jones, like, mummy, whatever, where you overlay the map oh, yeah, on the and screen and you see the dot, like, moving. Add that in! And then the travel makes sense, too. I have a new purpose in life. So many things. One day, I will recreate a mediocre version or better yet take the first movie and this movie and somehow mush them together into one coherent movie do that with this take the first one take this one add some voiceovers add some transition graphics and make it a cohesive story can i just say yes there's a scene where they're like in their trial being judged or whatever and there's the three monk dudes that are their judges do you remember that scene oh i remember did you notice how none of them were talking, but there was a voice? No. You didn't notice that none of their mouths were moving. I was looking at their giant bald heads. I think that I this didn't is, notice. I their think mouths. this is an example of of this what you're talking about in a, in effect. Basically, they were like, "Huh, um, this scene doesn't make any sense. Let's have like an ominous voice that is coming from." I don't know if it was like them. The three of them collectively telepathically talking, if it was some off-screen, you know, Jorel head in the sky talking, it was something, but none of them were talking, but there was a voice that was like, this is what will happen, duh, you know, and it was just like, what? Okay, so you think this could be somehow repackaged into an acceptably not the worst movie ever movie. I'm yeah, not going to say I, good. there's enough usable footage to make, like, a decent where, like, hour long Okay, movie. <laughs> where the story would make sense. Because obviously yeah. you can't do anything about the acting. You can't do anything about the slow, boring swordplay. No, you could totally make the story make sense if you add enough voiceover. voiceover. Okay. Then the follow-up, kind of second part of this question. If you remade this movie. Like, let's say they reboot the franchise and they basically remake the first movie. And then they decide to go remake the second movie. How much of this movie... Not that they would want to. They definitely would not want to. But how much of this story could they salvage for a modern reboot of a sequel? Um, Just give me a ballpark percent. 5%. 5%? Not like 30. No. Not like... Because they can add in the... The McCloud is now Bruce Wayne, essentially. Okay. And then just throw everything throw else everything away. Everything else away. So like, no, oh, he's combating climate change because now it's the like. You're right. I mean, he's old and he's rich now. If they wanted to, Being I think they could do maybe like twenty five percent, but they wouldn't want to because, like I said before, there's no reason. If you made a new franchise and you had a sequel, there's no reason to have that sequel just randomly be thirty years in the future. Yeah, they could have done many things. <sighs> I mean, there is a good story in this franchise. Not this in this movie. Not in this movie. But in this in the franchise. franchise. Okay. And they kind of, I mean, when we were first started watching it, I was making jokes about Jet Li's The One, which is also a one-star movie. Yeah. Um, But does this kind of exact same yeah. storyline in that 
there's you know kill all the you other kill versions all the of other people that are like you things and people then, that are like yeah, you, you absorb their and then you absorb their powers yeah. and there can only be one right um and despite the fact that that movie is critically terrible it's really fun to watch <laughs> it's a lot more fun than this movie so there's no question that that type of story can be done well or at you least realize that the one came out like 20 years ago right yeah, but okay. not long after this. Oh, yeah, no, for like, sure. You're right, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's not like it came out last year and you're like, see, it's no. proof that it can still work. But I'm saying it, it, it still proves that the story can at least be entertaining. So if you add right. good acting, a strong uh, plot, just in addition to the base story of, oh, hey, there's this, you know, these people have to fight each other. My example would be... You could have a movie yeah my example would be john wick is proof that a movie like this could work where you're basically like as long as you have enough of a pretense for why there's mindless violence as long as the mindless violence is done in a really cool way like the movie will work yeah right yeah and i'm not saying for for the record like if someone kills your dog i mean why wouldn't you go kill like 89 people or whatever whatever it is you know steal your car they kill your dog they gotta die. One of my coworkers today was like, "Yep, killed the dog. You gotta kill them." You can't all. kill like, a dog in movies. Everybody knows that. <laughs> that's right. That's why Baxter was still alive in Anchorman, right? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> you can't kill the dog. <laughs> you can't kill the dog. Okay, okay, I'm done. Great. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of One Star Bazaar. Next week, well, Jonathan tortured me this week with Highlander Two: The Quickening. So next week. I will be the one to do the torturing. Great. I look forward to it. Excellent. Join us next.